Alright, so this is Chat Central. I'm here with my friend Isa. Um I don't know if we're gonna be called Isa anymore, we're gonna be called Isaac. Um Sure. Isaac. Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool, I'll call you Isaac. Yeah, so today we're gonna to be talking about um just dating in general the modern day. Um he had a lot of interesting things to say off camera, so I'm just gonna give it to him real quick and he's gonna just be talking about what he said off camera, okay? Okay, so um the topic was about marriage and how you feel as a business decision. Yeah, so I think there is a massive stigma around marriage. Um, this whole idea of long-term commitment. Um, people see marriage as this fairy tale fantasy, something that's seen on the, the Disney Channel or um, Hollywood movies. But I think marriage is deeper than that. It, in my opinion, it is a business decision. Um, marriage should not just be out of love because we all know there are different types of love. Um, marriage does not necessarily mean that love can't be involved. Um, but I think if you look at the top 1%, um, Jay-Z, Bill Gates, uh, Warren Buffett, whoever, you know, um, they're out there. Jay-Z, for example, he's still married and he's been married for more than 10 years. I don't know exactly. But, you know, he's had affairs which are alleged mm. or proven, I don't know. And, um, yeah, yeah. and, and <laughs> he's still married. He's, he's, he's still intact with his family. And that goes to show that uh, marriage is a good business decision. It allows you to solidify a family. Mm. Um, you know, you share assets. Um, it's a public image sort of thing. It's a good PR stunt. And um, if, you know... When people do get divorced, um, the assets are broken apart. People go their separate ways, income split, the household split, the children, all sorts of court issues. And so you have to look at marriage as more than just love. Marriage is something that a lot of people, are, in my opinion, don't understand. And so it is fine. You don't have to get married. It's yeah. not something that people should or should not do. But you have to understand why people get married in the first place. Mm. So that's my take on... I think that's, that's a good, like... I don't think that's the full picture, but I think that's a good point that business, that marriage is business-wise. Because when you think of it, it has its own risks and it has its, it has its rewards as well. I mean, when you both get married and let's say you're, you both work, your assets basically double. If you, if you, if you um, get married and it ends up not working your personal assets could possibly half. It's a, it's a big risk, but it has a massive reward if it does work out poss- um, realistically. Um, I don't know I don't know um, why people aren't doing it as much today. I think it could be just a part of dating culture in general that people just feel like they need to be independent and they, don't, they shouldn't rely on anyone else. But I do feel like religion points us towards marriage for that reason, that it gives us a more secure, secure point of life point of life do you know what I mean I, I do um, and, and you touched upon dating culture so you know what is the main difference now in 2021 than in 1960s 1970s here's the thing I think it's mainly accessibility like when you look at women they have access to any man they want these days and the main reason is because men are meant to be attracted to women so when you go online you see a, a picture of a woman you'll always see that a woman will always get more likes than a man because there's always going to be more men that desire the woman than the other way around, if you get what I mean. So let's say, for example, you go on Tinder, 
you set up a profile. A woman will get a hundred likes instantly. It doesn't matter if she's ugly or she's or if she's good. I mean, uh, that's debatable. No, uh, okay. believe me, I've set up the profile to more ugly friends, and uh, they know who they are in a way. Though they're, they're not their most attractive girls, they will get a hundred likes within an hour. But with a man, it's it's a bit different. If you're unattractive, women are going to be more selective because they have a choice of of men. So now that women have more of a choice and more of ex- access to what they actually want. They get to um, they get to say, okay, I want you, but I want you for this. I want you, but I want you for this and for this amount of time. Whereas before, it was just, okay, you need to find someone that's going to provide for you, that's going to give you a decent life. So we're going to um, set you up, and then after that, live your life. I'm 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 taking this way back though, to that. No, I I know what you're saying. Um, I feel. Women have always been that way. I think that's just the way nature is. Men will pursue women. Um, It doesn't tend to be the other way around. It can be, but men generally are assertive and want to pursue the woman they want. I agree. Um, So what social media and dating culture has done in the form of dating apps, um, online platforms, is it's made it easier for people to connect that's obvious, but you've got people who, okay, take social media out of the, out of the equation. Take, take Tinder out of the equation. Yeah. A, a man who would have to go up or a person would have to go up to a person, to a woman that they fancy or, or the person you are attracted to in a bar, a club, a, a library, wherever, a workplace, and you would have to in- initiate conversation. You would have to actually have a bit about yourself that bit of confidence, that assertiveness to, um, you know, develop attraction in that other person. Um, Now, all you have to do is swipe left, swipe right, put a few pictures up. So dating now has become very superficial. It's become very, it's almost like a game. And with men, it's a numbers game. Women have, in now, in in 2021, are in a position where all they have to do is make a profile um, on on tinder or whatever sit back and let all the likes come to them because it's become so easy it's almost like fast food it, 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 that's the perfect na- analogy you're at home in in the comfort of your bedroom whatever doing what you're doing um set up a, a dating profile and all you have to do is basically swipe on your phone and, and order a person to talk to and yeah. it's become so artificial that it's almost corrupt it requires near to no effort anymore and that's why I think attraction has become a lot. It's changed. It's it's completely changed. And obviously, I'm not old enough to know what it was like back in the 1950s. Yeah, but I, I would imagine <laughs> it, re- it it required a lot more um, about yourself. You need to have a bit more character. I would say I I think from what we've what we've been told, I think it's clear that it needed more character. But I think it also needs. As in, you needed to, to be more developed at a younger age, so you needed to have... It was probably different things, but the equivalent today, it would be something like you would have to have a house, you would have to have um, some type of high-paying job or secure for job. Actually, this is this is where Kevin Samuels comes into it, actually. Because, guys, if you don't know, there's this, um, this YouTuber by the name of Kevin Samuels. Um, he talks quite a lot about relationships. Um, honestly, to me, I feel like 
he describes them pretty well as in what they require, um, what a man requires to be in a healthy relationship and what a woman requires to be in a healthy relationship. Um, well, are we talking about dating or are we talking about marriage and commitment long-term? Both. So um, long-term, long-term dating and marriage. Okay, because I think that criteria is a bit different. To have all these assets, to have a stable job, a career, a house, um, that is more marriage material because that talks to more providing for a person. Whereas dating could be, you don't need you don't need all those things. You just need good character, the ability to flirt, the ability to sell yourself in a very dominant, appealing manner. I so, feel like that still applies though, because when someone first sees someone, what they go off is normally the the looks and personality. Those two things, right? Because let's say you're in a club or something like that. Those are only two things you're gonna care about if you're looking for a one night stand. You're not gonna be caring about the deeper meaning to someone's lifestyle or something like that. Okay. You're looking for two things, the yep. looks and the personality that like, let's say they can make you laugh or something like that. Right. In my opinion, that's how, that's how you, you kind of rank men in the short term. So let's say an attractive man with, who can make you laugh. That's a 10 when it comes to one night stands, because that's going to be, you meet well, them, they I make you I can't really laugh. speak on that because I've never had that experience with men. Yeah, um, but, but, but you've been a man in it. So obviously, if you can't pay yourself to a man, like me personally, if I go out on a night out, yeah, I can chat to a girl. Duh, 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 duh. But there's always that guy that comes in and everyone laughs because when, when, they, when they go in, they have that charisma. They have something about them that makes people enjoy their, enjoy their time around them. You know what I mean? And when you have that, for a one-night stand, I think that's that's key, if you understand. Are you talking about being humorous, like funny, or are you talking about being confident? It's both. Um, when I say charisma, I just mean having that energy that attracts people towards you. So when someone's confident, when someone shows some sorts of intelligence, um, they, they have some humor, they just allow people around them to enjoy their time. Okay. When it comes to marriage, it's, it's more different because you're right when you say marriage is more about providing. When, when you know someone's a provider, when you know they can take care of you long-term, um, well, obviously for t- the traditional woman anyway, um, that's normally what they, they should be looking for. So that is a 10 on that scale. But when we come into one-night stands... You look, you're definitely looking for someone that is just enjoyable to be around and has the looks for you. Okay. The looks. Yeah, I can, I can, I can see how that works. Um, but so, are you saying that in today, like 2021, that is something? Are, are people looking more for dating or people looking for marriage? Do you think are people marriage-minded, or or not? Let's take marriage out of it. Let's say long-term commit, long long-term committed. Uh, do you think people look for that? Okay, so here's the thing. Me and you, we're, we're both 22 years of age. You know? 21. Well, you're 21. You're turning 22. Yeah. I'm 22. So here's the thing. At our age, people are, are mainly... People are probably at a transition stage at our age, actually. They're, they're dating often. They're doing one-night stands still. But they're, they're starting to think of marriage as a more... Uh, something more likely to do. Um, it's normally when people finish university, run about that age, 
that people start to actually think about marriage because they actually want to start getting their life together. It's not straight away. You, I think we'll see people getting less married in our generation, though, to be honest, because I don't think, I don't think people um, have really thought about consequences to their actions. And when you look at, when you look at what people have been doing in our age group, and then you think, okay, is that guy ever really going to marry a woman that, that had a train runner on her in that party? And he knows it as well. Probably not really. But when it comes to it, at this age, this is when people will start to think about marriage. But I still, I still do think we will see less of it happening because of, of dating culture. Because everything, all of our cultures have like repercussions on each other when it comes to marriage, sex, and whatever. Yeah. If if your dating culture has changed, then the marriage culture has changed as well. I mean, if you're more frequent having sex when you're younger, that's going to make men less desire to you more often. Because what happens is you're probably more likely to have a kid. I don't know about you, but I, I'm not eager to be a stepdad. <laughs> so can I ask you a question? Do you think that men want to be married? And do you think that women want to be married in the year 2021? Do you think that's something that, even if you're 21, 25, 30, do you think that it's something that people actually aspire to do um, in this day and age? I think so, but only in a certain certain way and to a certain group. You, you won't see a lot of men say that they want to get married because when they think of getting married, they'll, they'll think of who they're getting married to. Okay. And when you're looking at the candidates of actual marriage, in our generation, they're not. There's not as many as there were in past generations, in my personal opinion. This goes for both men and women, by the way, because for for men, you have a lot more socially awkward men that need to develop more confidence, that need to be that provider, but they're not that yet. That's probably more easy to change, though. Than with women, because <laughs> with women, now what the what's happened with women is because they become a lot sexually um, a lot more sexually liberated, um, liberated. That has consequences for the future, which is what I was talking about. Obviously, having children, having the higher sex body count. Um, I mean, I don't think people will say that body count shouldn't matter in relationships, but in real in in reality, it does. Because it really shows what you what you value, and if you don't value your own body, me personally, no, I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not gonna. I can't agree with that. I can't um, because what is it about a body count that people dislike? Okay, so let, let me give you a scenario of someone, okay, someone yeah. I personally know. Yeah. So this girl, she's our age. Um, when, when she was seventeen, her body count was thirty. Okay. So if you let's say you knew her after after that you knew her when she was nineteen, um, you started dating whatever and she told you that that um when, when she was that young she used to get around like that. Told you however many bodies she has. Okay. Would you still be comfortable with that as the woman that gives birth to your kids? I think it speaks to the person's character. Um, but I'm just going to be completely honest um, yeah. because men do the exact same thing, but it's it's a double standard for men. And that's just the way it is. That's the, the way the world is. Um, 
men are not going to be as shamed for being promiscuous as women. That's how it's always been, and I feel as though that's how it will always be. Because yeah, I think there's reasons to it though, because exactly how I said about the the repercussions. Don't, don't get me wrong; is it speaks on the man's character as well on what he does sexually. But there's less repercussions for a man sexually. I mean, they can both get STD, but only women can get pregnant. Sure, um, a man can get a woman pregnant, but unfortunately, a lot of guys that get a woman pregnant when she's young don't care. That yeah, that that might be true. Um, but you know, just to answer your question, would I consider someone who's been around at quite a young age? Um, it, it speaks to who they are when I meet them, and that doesn't you know the fact that they've opened up about that to you in itself is such a big step because a lot of people, men or women, in my opinion, don't tend to do that. There's a lot of dishonesty um, amongst our generation. People are ashamed of themselves. People have trust issues. People are just broken in general. And for you to even know that about someone coming from their own mouth, not finding out through a friend or someone else, in itself tells you a little bit about them that you can trust them in some way. Um... Men are promiscuous. Men will sleep around. And I think it's this, like, misconception that women don't do that. Women do it just as much, if not more, than men. They're just less open about it, in my opinion. Mm. Um, A lot of women will not own up to what they have or have not experienced because they're afraid of judgment. And, And that's just how it is. So whether you've got to the point where you've slept with... 10 or 20 or 30 does it make a difference after that certain point does it does it really i i do think for me personally it does because how i always think of something when it comes to picking a partner i mean long term wise as well okay long term wise when when i think about picking a partner long term wise i always think how would i feel if this person was the mother of my kids cuz you got to realize having having kids it's probably, well, for me, having kids is probably one of the most important things I will ever do. So having a mother, I have to pick that mother carefully because I'm only ever going to have one mother of my kid. Okay. So that person has the has just as much responsibility in that kid's life as I do. So let's say, for example, if you have a kid with a woman that is um, sexually active, just like that, and then when you have a teenage daughter, she kind of just allows her to do those type of activities. Me personally, I, I, I could not be with a woman that allows my daughter to be sexually out there. They, they have to be cautious with who they're with because those type of things, in my point of view, are important. I feel the same way with boys that they should pick their sexual partners carefully just for the same reason what I was saying about when I have a wife I only want to have one one woman yep so boys need to pick carefully who they have sex with as well just in case that woman does get pregnant and decides to keep the baby you gotta realise who you're having a baby with because that, that will fuck up your life I think when when choosing a person especially with what you're talking about, um, a long-term commi- uh, committed relationship. Yeah. It goes beyond um, sex and promiscuity. I think it, it goes more into their values. And so you, you and, and how intact they are, how... I agree, yeah. 
broken they are. A lot of people are broken. And it's not so much to do with sex in itself. It's just to do with the way they were, they were raised, the experiences that they've, they've had, yeah. their relationship with their parents. Mm. Um, did they have siblings around growing up who they were close with? Um, a lot of people... It, it's such a a broad spectrum of things that can that can determine a person's character and and any one of those things could make them a good or bad parent um so with regards to just sex i i can't see that as being the one only factor um and so you've you've got people who might have never had sex before but they they're just so broken as as a person due to trauma that they had growing up or just poor relationship skills mm. um and so i couldn't say that yeah, I do agree with what you're saying. There there are some things about a person um that you can tell through their history. Um but I think there are so many factors. It would be wrong of me to say that one factor would determine whether or not they're a good or bad parent. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you in that sense because I mean, you can't just say one thing about a person's life and then completely say, okay, because you've done this one thing in life, you're a terrible person. Or something like that, uh, unless it's something like murder or something like that. Obviously, that's that's something extreme. But <laughs> um, in general, I, how how I go about things about judging people is lots of people say these days you shouldn't judge anyone for anything. I, I have the you exact, should you yeah, should I have judge the exact people. opposite vid, opposite stance. I think you should judge everyone for everything that they do. Yes, if you do something, yes, that is that shows. Your characteristics because you need to hold people accountable for their actions exactly. this whole thing you know let's talk about weight and you've got people on vogue <laughs> magazine and and gq and all these fashion magazines overweight people yeah as though it's supposed to be accepting and we should just go no we shouldn't we should actually hold pe- we shouldn't you know am i allowed to swear <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah 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 you're allowed okay. to swear whatever. Yeah. We, okay i'll do uh, that's good to know um yeah. Don't don't be calling anyone anything. Yes, bad, but you okay. know what I mean. Go on, you can swear. Um, yeah. We should not be holding people's hands and making it seem as though everything's okay. It's all daffodils and daisies. We should say not not to like criticize and make people feel bad about themselves, but we need to say being overweight is wrong. Mm. It's unhealthy. It's a disease. Yeah, obesity is a disease. Yeah, um, and it leads to all sorts of things. Uh, intergenerational. Uh, that's not a word, is it? Uh, intergenerationally is that so basically when you're getting when you have children it could affect them genetically is what i'm trying to say i probably got the wrong term but you know um (laughs) and so it's wrong it's wrong to be overweight it's wrong to be unfit it's wrong to smoke it's wrong to do drugs it's wrong to do a lot of things and you can't just sweep it under the rug and make people feel okay we need to judge people yeah i agree literally all those things that you're talking about those are all probably factors that you can look at and say, okay, do I want this woman to be a part of my life? Even down to the smoking. Because every single thing that a person does represents their, their characteristics as a person. And yep. the person the person that's the, the other parent to your child is going to be the person that has just as much influence on that child as you. And you've got to think of, if you have a way that you want your child to be in the future... How is this person going to help that child be become that way? I mean, I don't know how important having children is to you, but but, but to me, me personally, I feel like if if someone either doesn't make my child 
a better person, or if in worst case scenario to make them a worse person, then they shouldn't be surrounding that child. I mean, don't get me wrong. Let's say, for example, there's a family member that's in a bad place. They can obviously come around your children and everything like that, as long as they're not trying to negatively impact impact them on purpose. Okay. But in general, so if you know someone's not going to be beneficial for their life, then you don't involve them. And mainly, for the partner of your children, you have to be extremely strict with that because that's going to be the person that's going to be detrimental to how they're going to be raised. They can actually change... A mother can actually switch up their child on their father. Yes, yeah. <laughs> because, <laughs> you know what? This happens all the time, consistently. Actually, through mums and dads, like one parent can switch up the child on the other. It's not just necessarily mothers, but mm-hmm. a parent can switch up the child on the other. Because if you have the influence that your child really likes you or something, can you just whisper bad things in them, in their ear or something like that? Or they literally just make you become a type of way. Yeah. Then it can just ripple on and it can eventually just cause that child to be something that you actually wanted to prevent. Yeah. Especially when the other person doesn't have an idea of how they want the child to be. Because I know there's a lot of people that... Obviously, some people have children early. I'm not one to judge for that. I think if you have a child early, if you have it by accident or anything like that, fair enough. Um, just try your best to be a good parent, whatever. Um, but there's a lot of people that don't have um, don't have aspirations that they want their child to become as a person. Me, I don't have a job or anything I want my child to be, but I have, I have aspirations that I want my child to be as a person. So it, when it comes to something like that, if me and my partner can't agree or at least have the same type of thoughts of who we want them to be, then it can't it can't happen. Because that's one of the most important things in general. <laughs> Do you think that people, um, parents have certain roles to play? Do you think a man has his role and a woman has her role? Is that what you're saying? Um, not necessarily. I, I mean, I do think that to a point. I mean, when I when I when I have my children, personally, I want my I want my children to be in a way that my my daughters are extremely motherly. So so feminine, feminine. Yeah, I want them to be feminine. I want them to be nurturing. I want them to be caring, and I want them to to um, care about their external beauty. As a man, I want them to care about their physical strength. I want them to be leaders. And actually, I want I want the females to be leaders as well, just in a different way. Do you think... I couldn't agree with that. In, in, in what way? So I want them to lead, but I want them to be someone that leads but knows when to let their partner leave. lead. If you know what I mean. Like, like let's say, for example, some people do it as in... Okay, I lead the house, you you lead the you lead the money. Okay. For me personally it wouldn't be quite like that. It would, it would be that they're both leading. But let's say their partner um let, let's say their partner's really uh how to explain it. 
well, well let's just say their partner is really good at something to do with yeah. their family okay their partner can lead that but they have to be able to lead in a certain way they have to be able to lead and teach their children how to become better people in general so uh, yeah I get I get what you're saying I think I would use the word to describe what you're saying as just you know inspirational um I think leadership in my in my opinion is being assertive and perhaps dominant and I don't think that women naturally are assertive and dominant I don't think it's the norm you wouldn't see a woman in a field whether it's at work with her friends whatever being assertive and dominant I think that's a masculine trait it's not to say that women can't be that yeah. it's just not what you generally observe I think I I agree with you I do agree with you that it's not the the, the norm of what you see yeah but I still think I want that for my, for my um for my daughters in the future yeah but are you saying you want that for your wife to, to lead in certain areas yeah okay she has to be able to lead in certain areas if if she's better at something than me, she can lead in that avenue. So let me ask you, because um, you you mentioned that you know you ideally want your partner to be um, feminine, uh, inspirational, take care of herself, all that, so that she can pass those characteristics down to your children. Yeah. What percentage of women are feminine? You know, incredibly friendly. I think it's a very low percentage. These days, I feel like these days women are a lot less feminine. Yeah. And you know what? When I actually look at the women that I've dated in the past, a lot of them aren't as feminine as I thought they were when I was dating them. So explain to me, what do you mean by feminine? Um, Just kind, like sweet talking, very gentle. So that's a part of it. Kind, um, nurturing. It's It doesn't have to do with the exterior as well. Not necessarily the pink stuff, but being able to take care of yourself, make yourself look gentle, soft, all that sort okay. of things. Um, yeah. But you, um, with, with you, what are your kind of expectations with dating? Because... My expectations. Obviously, uh, I, I've told you how I, how I thought about I want my family to be. Do you have a type of avenue that you want your family to be? Um... To be honest with you, I, I haven't looked into it that much. I think for me, it's like a very far into the future thing. Um, so it's not your priority? Honestly, no. Um, my priority right now is basically career. That's it. Um, if I find someone along the way, then that's great. But I just do not care. It's um, I used to. I used to care so much about what people thought of me, um, the type of person I wanted to be for other people, and it got me nowhere. I was incredibly unhappy. And I realised what I want is to accomplish my goals. I don't care about anyone else's goals. If I'm being brutally honest, I don't care. Um, If women don't like the way I dress, don't like the way I talk, I don't care. It's one of the, if I, you know, if I find people along the way, that's brilliant. My goal is career based. Then the family comes. So I get and that. in a family, it has to be structured, which is why I talked about, you know, marriage and all that stuff. I believe marriage, I don't know if I mentioned this um, on camera, but uh, we spoke about marriage being, in my opinion, a business decision. 
not something yeah, about, that, yeah. about love and fantasy. Marriage, in my opinion, is it's strictly business. You share the same tax bracket in most cases. You share the same assets. Um, my idea of a lasting relationship or a committed relationship is structured. I have my roles and the person I'm with would have their roles. Um, my role would be more to support the family um, and and my partner's role would be to either raise the children or to support me in what I want to do. Um, and I would in turn support whatever that person wanted to do. And so that's difficult to find in people nowadays. Um, I, I don't know people our age who are thinking of truly you know, down to the bullet point, what they want to do when they're 30, 35 years old. It's usually just wing it, see how it goes. And then they're having children at the age of whatever. And so wait, like, do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing that people aren't thinking about the, the long-term goals? Definitely bad. I can't see any good that comes from not having a long-term goal. Mm. Like, 50, 60 years ago, could you have survived not having a long-term plan of where you want to be, what you... Fa- it just does like... Society is so accepting now. It's so we're so comfortable in what we in in what we're doing. We just people don't realize that when you reach sixty five, mm. which is today's retirement age, I think it's sixty five. When we're sixty five, we'll still be working. Yeah, we, we will be working up to the age of I think it's projected seventy something years old. Most people won't live that long, mm. and so you'll be working up to your deathbed which is a horrible thing to imagine. But most people don't have a grasp on, on that. So career, that is your goal. That should be your goal. Yeah, definitely. Not, not Netflix and chill up to the age of 27 or, or, or spending money on, on trainers and this and that. And, and how, how you, so, um, yeah. You know, I'm glad you said that because I specifically have around about three friends that they're their goals are two things go to work and fuck girls that's all they care about now, how old are they? not our age 22 and 21 okay now I think if you listen if, if you want to have sex I feel like it's fine for you to go out there and have sex I mean you know what I mean it, it, it is what it is certain people want to release their urges but I feel like for it to even be a goal to accomplish is too much <laughs> Because focusing that much, it will always take away on what you can actually produce for your life. With me personally, even though I talk about what I want, it's because I I know it and it's been in my head for a while and it's not going to change unless something drastic happens. But that is not my focus for now. My focus for now is building something for myself in which when I actually achieve that, what I want in my family we're going to be comfortable. We're going to be able to be in a position where I can take care of them without a problem. They're going to be able to be raised up and have what they need. And we're going to be having a family that's an actual family all together as one. There's not going to be any reason for us to actually break up. We're all going to be stable. But what a lot of people think is that, okay, if I work today and I just, if I, if I just get by and I have fun doing it, then in the future, later on, I can make the decision to to start going in and build a family. But when you do that, you're still going to be struggling as a family. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're going to be just scraping by 
And if you're lucky, when your kids are probably teenagers or something like that, yeah. you might start getting up then. Do you know what I mean? But if you're prepared now when you're our age for a career-wise, then you're going to be in a position to actually have that family that you wanted to have in the future, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I get yeah. that. Um, so I, I feel as though it's unfortunately a lot of people our age don't really understand relationships and 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 the idea of commitment. I think a lot, a lot of people are afraid of commitment, which is why you'll see um, the marriage rate is nearly non-existent uh, and it's becoming less and less as time goes on. Yeah. Well, not non-existent, you know, it's about 20%, isn't it? Um, people get married at the age of 37, 38. Is that the average? I don't know, but I, I know that that's around about the... I know for um, couples, I, not, not couples, sorry. I know for families, it's around about the rate that 20%, well, in, back, in black families anyway, okay. it's around about 20% of them are actually married. Okay. But the other 80% are either separated or they don't live together. So that brings us to our next point, which is, if that's the case, yeah. how does that affect the next generation? Because it seems as though there's a massive trend of broken families and as you said you want uh, your role to you know to pass down to your children for them to be confident or your son to be confident assertive masculine and your daughter would be feminine friendly um, take care of herself etc who's going to pass down those traits if the family's separated yeah and and you've got this massive cycle of broken people which is that's my term. I, I use it because it's so true. And mm. I myself thought of myself as broken. I think we all go through that phase where we don't quite know what we're doing. We're unhappy in this and that. But I, it's I up to you to that fix that. Most teenagers, young adults are broken anyway. It's like it's your and, job at that point to fix yourself. And it doesn't mean that you've got a disorder. It doesn't mean that you're someone who's no good. You're, you're just a useless person. It means that you need to work on yourself. Yeah. Not go to the gym, but... Truly understand yourself. What what do you want in life? And at that point, you're able to fix yourself, is, is the term I'm using. And, um, yeah, so what you said, people, you know, wanting to get married later on in life. But you've observed this yourself, people having children at a young age. Sometimes in that, I've observed it myself as well. Mm. Um, people 17, 18 that I've known of personally, um, having children, I'm just thinking to myself, you know, they're single still. Um, what type of life is this child going to live? Um, how is that going to affect the, the parents not having that support or whatever? Are they just going to be on benefits or universal credit up until she's 18 or he's 18 or whatever? It's just, um, it's so toxic. And, and that's our generation. Um, and unfortunately, this dating culture of swipe left, swipe right and Tinder, um, casual hookups with no committed goal at the end of the day, um, it's, it's a trend. It's normal. And that's the thing. 50, 60 years ago, it wasn't normal. Mm. Um, my mom would never have even conceived this idea. Um, our parents would never have even thought that this would be acceptable. Like, my mom growing up in the church she would have been shamed. All of her friends would have been shamed if that was carried out, but it's the norm today. And 
what it, what good has it done? You know, saying that the shaming thing might not be the best thing, but I feel like it, it's there for a reason. Well, Do you know what I mean? To deter people from actually doing that, if you know what I mean. Because obviously, if someone has a child early, they need support. They need someone to go with them. But it's it's not the support that's a bad thing. It, it's the um. Oh, what's it called when you when you kind of aid in someone's behavior? Um, I forgot what the actual word's called, but but let's say, let's just say you help them believe that that behavior is acceptable. Okay, doing doing that in I feel like we've been doing that in society too much. We've been helping people think that their behavior to get in certain positions is okay, and that actually goes back to the being fat thing. What you were saying, yeah, kind of aiding people's behavior to become fat and stay fat. Yeah, Whereas so realistically, we should tell them, you know, you need to lose the weight. I'm not saying that we should shame. I'm saying it yeah, was yeah. something that happened in the past. And today, as what you just said, people have... The whole taking responsibility has gone out the window. And it's almost as though it's normalised. People look up to that. They want... and I don't know. Um, I feel... It's, it's not wrong to have a child at a young age. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But... Are you with the person that you had the child with? Mm. If not, then why? And if you aren't, and for whatever reason, how are you going to make your life better or, or cope with that? And how is that going to affect your child's life? And, and people really need to make that connection and think about that before it happens. And unfortunately, that is not the mindset of, of people our age. Mm. And so um, my goal really is just Stick with a career. Um, I'm not focusing on dating. If it happens, it happens. Uh, yeah, that that's. <laughs> I do think dating at a young age is good as well, but it's it's kind of um, not making it your end all and be all because if you focus on dating when when it's not the right time, you're just going to end up wasting a lot of your energy in the wrong place. Whereas, like, let's say for example. Me right now, I'm I'm doing this podcast. I'm doing other things to help build up myself for the future. Yeah, but if if I was dating and I was dating in in a as with someone that I didn't think was a long term partner, then I wouldn't be able to do this as much. I'd have to cut back. I'd have to. I'd have to invest my time in other avenues. So I feel like dating is fine as long as you're dating with a purpose. Yeah. Like, if, if I'm dating to either um, understand the relationships more, understand myself more, or to, because I'm generally interested in the person and I want to see if it's potentially something that can be a long-term prospect, then it's good. But lots of people these days, they literally just date for the sake of, Let's go on a date. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, or um, let's. A lot of boys, um, they'll, they'll date a they'll date a girl because they know if they date a girl, they can consistently have sex. But that, that's just a that's just a waste of time. To be honest with you, really, don't get me wrong. We all know sex is great and sex is good, but it's a waste of time. It's a waste of energy if it's actually not for a purpose. So, are you against hookup culture? Yes. Can you explain why? Because it doesn't develop you in any way. It actually regresses you, in my opinion. Um, I'm not going to act like 
I've been perfect. Like I've I've never just linked a girl and something's happened. But at the, at the same time, there's I'm, there's I'm making a habit out of things that don't develop you, but always regress you. If if I consistently have something that I do that in no way helps me in the future, then that's literally the definition of a bad habit. Because it's literally stopping you from doing what you should be doing. Investing okay. time in finding a girl. Actually, talking about the three friends that I had before, this is the one thing that I'm talking about. They, they invest a lot of time in finding girls, talking to girls, and sometimes they don't manage to do anything with them. Sometimes they do, but after they do, what's the point? It's done. <laughs> um, that's a tricky one, because you could make the argument that we have evolved to do that, and so it's natural. Men have evolved to pursue women. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's definitely true, but at the same time, if as a man you can't control your urges, you're, you're definitely underdeveloped as a man. Because sure, yeah. But to say that hookup culture is, is against or, or can become a bad habit if it doesn't align with your goals, is that too harsh no, to say? I don't think so. Hmm. I think it's 100% true. I mean, how would you explain someone that spends so much time investing in girls just to have sex? And then not caring that they've had sex after they've had sex. It's literally just, it's a waste of time. It's a waste of money. Because believe me, these guys won't admit it, but they spend money on getting girls. Which they don't care about after they've had sex. And plus, it goes back to the thing what I was saying of, boy, you need to be careful of who they have sex with as well. Because if you get that girl pregnant and you, you just, some next girl, it's not going to be good for you. <laughs> You know what I mean? Because hookup culture isn't completely bad if it's not a, a habit. You know what I mean? If like the average guy, they'll go out every now and again to find someone, and I think that's that's fair enough. You know what I mean? We all do have urges; they need to be done. But have, being obsessed with it—it's called sex addiction—is a real thing. Some 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 guys are age have a sex addiction. Okay, and they have no idea why they're actually having sex. Just having sex for the sake of sex. That, that's that, that's what hookup culture is, really, in my eyes. Lots of people are just doing it for the sake of doing it, and they don't even find it. I I don't think really. it's they're doing it for the sake of doing it. I think it goes deeper um, into the psychology of a person. Um, I'll explain. Yeah, a lot of people. It's not so much the sex, and I think it it's different for men and women. I think. For men, it is, well, we've always been told in society that the more females you attract or the more attention you get, um, potentially you're more valuable in society um, because it's almost like a status thing. And so some people do it is because they want to chase the status. They want to chase the validation. Chase and status. Yeah. <laughs> and it almost makes them more valuable in the eyes of other men yeah. and women. Women want men who other women want. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if a guy, if no girls wanted that guy, nine out of ten times, the the girl wouldn't want you either. Women, like even if you're ugly, 
but you've got a lot of money and you've got you're on TV all the time, you will have no problem getting women. It's because other people want you, and so attraction is very different for different people, especially men and women. Um, so it's I don't think it's just the sex. I think it, it speaks to other things. I think. A lot of people, a lot of women as well, um, might just want the sense of validation. They want to feel a connection that they never had growing up. A lot of men do it because of peer pressure. They feel as though it, so. It, it's not just sex. It speaks to a lot of. Um, yeah, it's a complex situation. There's, yeah, there's insecurities as well. Um, so it's and uh, you know, it's, it's some people solve their issues with drinking. Or fighting and aggression, some people solve it with hookups. Mm. Um, makes them feel wanted for a little while. But saying that, isn't that the definition of something being unhealthy for you? It is, yeah. And that's why I say a lot of people are broken. Yeah. Um, I agree with you in that sense. So, so when you say that then, how when you, when you talk about a man that's broken, how do you think a man fixes himself? How do you think a man improves himself? Well, I'll answer that in two ways. Okay. There's the way a man thinks he should fix himself, okay. i.e., um, as, as you said, uh, hookup culture. Mm. Um, it could be getting involved in something that is non-productive. Um, but I think a lot of it, it's understanding yourself. If you don't understand yourself, if you don't understand why you're doing it, how can you solve the issue? Does that make sense? You've, yeah. you've got a car. And it's broken down, but you don't know what's got what's wrong with it. How can you fix it if you don't know what's wrong with it? Yeah. And so, step one, see a therapist. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Samuels mentions that all the time. You know what? Saying that, I've actually been looking for a therapist myself, just because as a young child, I've always known that that if you want to be a fully functioning adult, everyone everyone in the world has problems. Yeah. Not necessarily saying you have a mental disease or something like that or you're all depressed but we all have problems that we need to get past yeah so me personally right now what I'm actually looking for is I'm looking for a therapist that can actually help me understand what's happened in my past and can aid me get past that I mean there's certain things that I want to fix but I'm not going to go over that yeah no I get that yeah <laughs> um, and it, it, it doesn't you know it's such a horrible stigma around therapy it makes it seem as though you're hot, you know you're just a mentally ill person you've got issues but it could just be that you've been fired from work yeah you've gone through a breakup Mm. you've lost a family member and that level of distress lingers over you and it stops you from being the best person you can be so what therapy does could be in the form of speaking to a clinical psychiatrist or a therapist um professionally Mm. could be talking to your mom could be talking to your best friend or a work colleague that in itself is therapeutic. Yeah. And it, so it takes on different forms. Um, being with someone who's objective and doesn't know you personally can help you to get the best results from that therapy because they can see the overall issue from a non-biased point of view. Mm. And in doing that, you do let go of that tension, that stress, things that are on your mind that you, you can get rid of. And, and that is step one to analysing the issue. Step two is acting on that. So if you know that you have depression, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to stay in your bedroom all the time? If you know that you have a sex addiction, are you going to still keep doing that? Or are you going to look at why? 
Um, fill your void with something positive. Go to work. Go to the gym. Find a hobby. Um, educate yourself. Um, that's yeah. So it, it's all and, and unfortunately, um, a lot of broken people are told it's okay. You know, you don't have to take responsibility. It's their fault. It's not your fault. Mm. That person did you wrong. Um, it's not your ex. Sorry, it's not you. It's your ex's fault. I think even though sometimes that may be true, you still have to take the personal responsibility to fix it. Yeah. Because let's just say, for example, if your parents are really abusive or, abusive or something growing up, that, that's obviously not your fault as a child that that's happened. But it's still now your responsibility as an adult to make sure that the repercussions of that aren't exerted. And, and that's where... You might not know it, but your therapist might mm. because they bring it out of you. Um, There's definitely a lot of people out there that have behaviours yeah. that they don't understand what they do or why they do it. Mm. But if, if a stranger comes along, they'll clearly see it. And sometimes, I know sometimes people feel like they, they, they're insulted when someone points out that behaviour yeah. because it's just how they are. But that behaviour is normally due to something that's happened before. Mm-hmm. So that's the exact um, explanation. That's the exact example of someone that needs therapy because they need someone that they don't know to tell them how something's affected them in the past and what they can do to get past it. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've definitely been there myself. Just the idea of being afraid of rejection, um, people judging you. And... It's it's up to you in the way that you want to handle it. My my way of handling it was sort of staying away. Um, you know, I hated being on camera. I hated talking to people I didn't know. Um, you know, and just turning 18, um, getting a job, the first thing you have to do is talk to people. You have to mingle with the, the, the work colleagues, um, sit down at lunch and talk to people about things that are boring. But in that, you're sort of you're sort of training your social skills, that, that, that muscle that you need to work on. And um, it made me a lot happier, to be honest. And I didn't realise it. I was always anxious just leaving the house. And it really helped to just go out there and face it. Um, like even coming today, I didn't want to come. Mm. Um, <laughs> I didn't want to leave the house. It was cold. Yeah, um, I don't think it's yeah, I just had to do it um, because I kept making up excuses and, and it made me feel a lot happier. Yeah. And I don't regret it. I feel as though that is something I need to do more often and it will make people a lot happier. Um, yeah, I think we're all guilty of that sometimes. Um, knowing that something will help us a little bit, but just denying that opportunity. Do you know what I mean? So opportunity, how, how do you mean? Like, just an occasion that could have actually helped us. Okay. Like, like the way that you say you're happy you actually came out, that, that's obviously helped you a little bit because you came out. Yeah. So now you know that you need to go out more often, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are, like even me as well, I'm the same that sometimes I just be like, no, nah, I don't want to go out. I just don't, I just don't, you know what I mean? But if you actually go to an occasion, then you can see that it's beneficial to be doing certain things or to take up certain opportunities. Yeah. Actually saying that, when I was 17, I think, I, I realised that my friends invited me out to go out all the time, but I never said yes just because I was antisocial. So, so I decided that for the whole summer, 
I was just going to say yes to going out all the time. Okay. I, I said yes all the time. There's only one thing I said no to, and I was just going to a certain concert because it looked gay. But <laughs> okay. <laughs> but in general, that was a great summer. We, we had a really good time because I actually went out. I, I, I took up all the chances I had to have fun. You know what I mean? I was a person living living a good life, so yeah. So taking up opportunities sometimes is literally the best thing. I don't know how we got on that topic, but yeah. No, yeah, <laughs> it, yeah, and um, I think if, if you ever wanted to, and, and that's the thing, it, it it is in line with my goal. Yeah. Um, my goal is to have my own business. I know it's a cliche thing. Everyone says they want their own business. It's just that it rolls off the tongue with most people. Yeah, but, but there's I nothing wrong with saying gen- that. Genuinely want to, and I, I, it's, I can't work for other people. I hate it. Like, I've got to go to work at 10 today. Finish at six, and it's it's a good job, but I hate working for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you've got your own ideas and you've got your own drive, and every day, every hour, it just sucks the motivation out of you. Um, my goal, and I've had this for years, I need to start my own business in manufacturing. Okay, and it is where my calling is at. I I want to do it, and being outgoing helps with that. Um, to pursue risk and to pursue challenges. If you're always comfortable in life, you'll be stagnant. And sometimes you have to be uncomfortable. There's nothing wrong with... I I would never wish to have a comfortable life. I don't want to be comfortable because that's when you're... You've plateaued. You're not going anywhere. You're not going in in, in any... You're not regressing. You're just staying still. And that is the definition of just being dead in the water. And so I, I don't want to have, I don't want to be, I don't want to be suffering. I don't want to be in discomfort, mm. but I don't want to be comfortable. I don't know how to explain it. Maybe I'm you know, not explaining it right. I, I feel like I, I know exactly what you're saying. And, you know, two of my friends, mentors, Mike and Rich, they used to always tell me that exact same thing in a specific phrase. And I think it wraps up exactly what you're saying. Okay. They, they said, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Okay. All you have to do is actually realize that sometimes being uncomfortable is probably the best thing for you. Yeah. So you need to be get, get comfortable with the idea that being uncomfortable is probably the best thing for you. Yeah. I think that wraps up perfectly. Mm-hmm. And and <laughs> I think a lot of people that I've met and I I know of personally are comfortable. Yeah. And I think I don't know how this generation is going to fare well. I think a lot of people our age are very comfortable doing nothing mm. or just working in Greg's or Tesco or just getting by. Yeah. And that's just a dangerous, you know, imagine that like, it's just what's going to happen in 20 years time when, you know what saying that, I think the people that are like that are the same people that you look at that are 20 years older than us are and are in the same position. You know what I mean? They stay in a position for one point in their life. And yep. they're like, okay, I'm surviving at this point. So 20 years on, they've seen nothing wrong with just surviving mm-hmm. in the same position. Yeah. But realistically, humans were made to achieve more. I think so, yeah. yeah. Actually, I, no, actually, I don't want to say it because I don't, I was going to say it, it's, it's, it's proven, but I don't want to say that it's proven. But something that I've heard is that humans if you don't constantly advanced in life advance in life then we always end up 
regressing because staying at the same position it negatively affects you exactly how you were saying about getting comfortable yeah it helps you adopt this negative mindset of okay you just need to achieve the bare minimum and that then causes us to become more negative people and more likely to become depressed more likely to be all these things I I think it comes from humans being naturally competitive and with the world forever evolving and changing in in the environment, in industry, in the workplace, whatever, um, we need to evolve with it. And those who don't evolve fall behind. Mm. I think that could be where it comes from. Yeah. I'm not talking about evolving into a new species. I'm talking adapting within the workplace. You have to evolve. And those who stay stagnant, it's shown you can observe it happening on in, in every day of life. Mm. Those who don't change, those who don't have new products in the market will get eaten by the competition. Yeah. And so that is probably observable in our personal lives if we don't become better, if we don't work on ourselves. Um, but yeah, I don't know the scientific yeah. um, information on that. Okay. Well, you know what? To be honest, Issa... It's been a great conversation. All right, thanks. I really think we should have more of these, to be honest with you. Um, it's been an hour and a bit. Has it already? Yeah, so I don't want to keep it for too long because I know you got to go. Okay. Um, but I've enjoyed having you on, so that's yep. the end of the show. Thanks for having me.